Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever Changing Faith podcast. My name is Michael Hidalgo, and I am so thrilled that I finally get to share this with you. This is something that we've been working on for a while now, and we already have so many good things lined up. And here we are, episode one. And it's titled, What is this all about? And it's titled that because this first episode is going to be an introduction talking about what this is all about. I want to share with you a little bit about me and what motivated me to launch a podcast, what you can expect from it, what subjects we'll be talking about in the days to come, and a few other details. And my hope is is that this episode won't just be boring details, but really a reflection on the spiritual journey so many of us find ourselves on and how this podcast might be for you a part of a larger conversation that so many of us find ourselves having. So with that said, let me, let me just share a little bit about my story. I grew up in a uh, rather fundamentalist Christian world. And what I mean by that is uh, I grew up going to church every time the doors were open. Uh, I went to Christian schools all through kindergarten, all the way through my senior year. I went to a Christian college. And in those places, I was always met with a ton of rules and regulations and deadening legalisms. And they all kind of seemed arbitrary, but they were all very important. And they were important because in that world where I grew up, one's ability to do the right things and believe the right things was the clearest indicator as to whether or not that person would spend eternity in heaven or spend eternity in hell. And while there were seasons where I tried to play the part and times where I tried to obey the rules, what ended up happening was that I just wasn't very good at keeping those rules and regulations. And when it came to beliefs, I was always asking questions about what we were supposed to believe because something deep inside me just couldn't, I, I couldn't buy it. I, I couldn't believe all of what I was being told to believe. And what was interesting is in those times, I became someone for, for many people who was a problem to be fixed. Because I didn't believe the right things, there were people who thought, you know what we need to do? We need to get him to believe the right things. We need to get him to believe the right way. And even still, I thought, no, this is not all there is to the story. This is not all there is to the world and the universe in which we live. And as much as I pushed it away, there was always something that I found fascinating about it. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. You see, what held me closer than I wanted to be most of the time, and even now when it comes to the church, it's something that still holds me close and sometimes too close, is I found something compelling about the core of the Christian message. Now, I realize there's all sorts of things about institutional Christianity that, that I can't stomach and that you probably can't stomach. And there's things about institutional Christianity that, that we do need, in fact, to just throw away and walk away from. Things that have proven over time to be harmful. But there was this core to the Christian message. Maybe I can say it this way. There was something that I saw in the Gospels. There was something that I saw in the person of Jesus 
that actually told me that if he lived in the world that I grew up in, people would be certain he was going to hell too. Because if you look through the Gospels, Jesus didn't believe a lot of the religious beliefs in the same way the religious people did. Jesus seemed to break the rules all of the time. And when we look at Jesus and we, we say that he is the face of God, we realize that the world we're living in is much more benevolent than we ever thought possible. And what I saw that was core to the message of Jesus and core to the message of Christianity was this idea of redemption and renewal and of restoration, that all things will be and can be made new. That, that there's never a, a time where we've gone too far. We can never find a place that is beyond God's grace and forgiveness. I grew up, you know, I used to hear this, um, this message all the time. People would say this to me. They'd say, you've gone too far this time, Michael. And that usually happened right before I got kicked out of something, whether it was a youth group or a school or college, all things, by the way, I got kicked out of growing up. You've gone too far this time. And what they meant was you have used up all of your chances. You're done. What it communicated to me growing up was you are beyond hope. And yet, what I learned about the core of the Christian message and what I see in the heart of Jesus is, no, no, there, there's never an end to the number of chances you get. There's always redemption. There's always renewal. Even at the moments that you hit bottom, when you die a certain kind of death, the message that we see Jesus talking about, which, by the way, is also the pattern we see in the universe in which we live, is that when you die a certain kind of death, that's actually the moment when something new can be born. I could go on and on about this because this is what has sustained me for years and years. Just last night, my wife and I were at dinner with some friends and she said to me, our friend said to me, what keeps you so passionate? And I said, it's this message of love and grace and embrace that there is no exclusion in the heart of God, that every boundary we draw with regard to God are boundaries of our own making. You see, there was always something true about this central message of Christianity contained in the heart of Jesus. And when I began to see that this story that God has been telling since the universe burst into existence was true in so many places, I began to think, man, there's no way that Christianity has the corner on the market. There's no way that Christianity is right about everything it claims to be right about. I mean, Jesus wasn't even a Christian. Jesus was Jewish which I realize is a kind of a basic observation, but it's one that we don't often talk about and think about. So we are a part of a faith tradition that bears the name of Jesus who actually was not a part of our faith tradition. So there's that. And, and this led me as I was growing up, especially as I got into college, to be filled with all sorts of questions about life and faith and God and the Bible and church. But the problem was, I was in a context where asking questions was not considered to be a good thing. What was expected and what we were encouraged to do was to find the answers and to hold on to those answers. 
and to be sure of those answers and even be able to defend those answers, to defend the Bible, to defend God, to defend why we believe what we believe. That was faith. This idea that we can prove what we believe. Not long ago, I was speaking with someone and she said to me, I am more sure and certain than ever about my faith. And as I heard her say that, I thought, you know, certainty can actually be the opposite of faith. Certainty can actually work against faith. And I know this through personal experience because growing up, like, I had all the answers. I knew how to defend the answers, but deep inside, I wasn't buying it. And then something happened that changed the course of my life, truly changed the course of my life. I graduated from college and I was working in a factory, which here's a uh, um, kind of interesting story. I was working in a factory and I was building conveyor systems. And more specifically, I was building the conveyor system that would be installed at Denver International Airport for their luggage and baggage handling system. Now, if you know anything about the history of Denver International Airport, they put in the most advanced luggage and baggage handling system that had ever been installed in a major airport, except after they installed it, it started eating people's luggage and destroying their luggage. And so uh, I may be responsible. If you ever had a bag that was destroyed at Denver International Airport, there is a good chance that it was destroyed on a conveyor system that I built with my hands. So I, I say that as a way of saying, I'm sorry if that happened to you. I think it's time for both of us to move on. That, by the way, was not the moment in my life that changed the direction. It was not working in a factory. It was while working in the factory that I met a pastor that my parents wanted me to meet, and we hit it off pretty quickly. And I began to tell him about my skepticism and my doubt and, and the questions that I had. And I was expecting kind of the same routine I had received all the years of my life of, well, here are the answers, and here's what you should believe, and be careful with doubt. And instead, he said, those are really good questions. Those are really good questions. You see, he didn't seek to give me the answers. He didn't give me a roadmap with turn-by-turn -turn directions. He gave me a compass and said, what if you began heading in this direction? Sent me to ask more helpful questions. And I learned through him that asking questions has the power to open us up to more helpful questions and curiosity can lead us toward discovery and wonder. And it was in that season of my life that something in my heart opened up like never before and something in me warmed up to this tradition that I had been raised in where I began to think, you know what? This was actually a great starting point. You see, so many of us, when it comes to the, the spiritual tradition that we grew up in, we look back with disdain. Someone mentions the church that they grew up in and they roll their eyes. But what I actually learned through that was to be thankful for the tradition I grew up in. They gave me a wonderful moral compass, which steered me away from making a lot of stupid decisions. I still, I still made a lot of stupid decisions, but I could have made a lot more. They introduced me to the Bible and, and this, this book that is deep and wide and rich with meaning. They introduced me to that. They introduced me to Jesus. 
And and introducing me to Jesus, it, it caused me to explore him at a deeper level than ever before. And I realized that if I hadn't have had that, I wouldn't have been sitting with this pastor at the age of 22, asking questions and hearing, these are good questions, these are wonderful questions, this is great curiosity, and sending me in that direction. As my life lit up like never before and something woke up, I began thinking to myself, I wonder if I could do for others what this pastor did for me. In other words, I wonder if I could be a pastor. Now, I realize that may not be a really big question, but at this point in my life, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I was also the kid, especially in college, that people, when they found out I was a pastor, one person said to me, "Um, I heard you're a pastor. And I said, yeah. He said, man, I always thought you'd end up in prison. And he, I'm not sure he was kidding. In fact, I'm pretty sure he wasn't kidding. And so the idea of me becoming a pastor was a big step for me. And I thought, I think this is what, this is what I should do. So I went after it with everything I had. I remember the first sermon I preached was to a room filled with junior high students. And something in me exploded with joy. My wife, who I was dating at the time, when we were done, she said, I've never seen you like that lit up before. She said, did you know you could do that? I said, I had, I had no idea. And so I just kept going. I enrolled in seminary at the, the advice of several different people in my life. And I got my first job as a pastor working at a church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And here I am 18 years later, and I still love asking questions. I'm still curious. I still hold doubts and skepticism, and I'm still a pastor now at Denver Community Church in Denver, Colorado, which, by the way, I think is the best place on this planet that we can live. And I mentioned, by the way, that I'm a pastor because I want to say up front that I do come out of the Christian tradition, which I've just shared with you. And I start there because I think it's honest. This is the tradition that introduced me to spirituality and to religion, and so no that that's where I come from when I address topics. No matter how far away we get from our origins, from the place where we began, the place where we began will always be for us a reference point. And I mention that because I think it's fair for you to know right at the outset, this is, this is my, the place where I started and it influences the way I see the world. But lest you try to pigeonhole me, know that there's more to the way we will approach things in future episodes as we continue asking these questions because I'm still curious, I still love learning and one thing I know is this, people don't want answers. We, we don't, when it comes to the, to, to the real things of life, to the deep things of life, we don't want answers because we know through experience that all the answers in the world don't always work. Sure, there might be five steps toward a more successful marriage But so many people have taken those five steps and they end up in a tragic situation. Infidelity, divorce, all sorts of things that they didn't plan on. We know that the answers don't work. And I think what people want more and more is we want to work through questions. Because questions are how we learn. My friend Ben told a story years ago about his son Sam when they were in the car together. And if you've ever been around kids especially little kids, like three, four, five years old, you know that they begin asking very basic questions. And they do this thing where when they begin asking one question, it leads to another question and another question and another question and another question. And so Sam is in the back seat in his car seat. Ben is driving and it's raining. And he says, Dad, 
where does rain come from? And Ben said, well, it comes from the sky. He said, well, where in the sky? He said, well, it comes from the clouds. And he said, well, then how, do, how do is it that sometimes we have clouds in the sky, but it doesn't rain? And Ben said, well, because at that point, it's, it's not water. It's kind of like vapor, and it's up in the sky. Well, then how does it get up into the sky? And Sam starts asking Ben questions about the water cycle that Ben can't explain adequately to a three-year-old. So finally, Ben just says, hey, Sam, why don't we stop asking questions? To which Sam replied, but dad, questions are how I learn. Questions are how I learn. I think about my kids. They asked a lot of questions when they were young, and the questions they're asking now are deeper and more profound and more complex because they are beginning to see the world in which they live, and the world in which they live for them raises more questions. And if questions are how we learn, we need to recognize that learning is not just amassing new information because we have all the information in the world that we need at our fingertips now, and we're not necessarily better off because of it. Learning is discovering something that actually changes the way that we live, changes the way that we see the world, changes the way that we hear others, changes something inside of us, and we learn by asking questions. So when someone who is a faith leader actually diminishes the role of questions, which I've seen before, questions are bad, a questioning heart is not good, we need to resolve doubt. When someone diminishes that, or they call that kind of thinking dangerous, if questions are how we learn, then answers simply have the power to hold us in check. Answers that tell us here's how you should behave and here's how you should believe, they actually have the power to stunt our growth. But questions and curiosity actually have the power to expand the way that we live in this world. And when faith leaders say no and diminish questions, as I experienced, they actually deny us a chance to grow. And this is why I launched the Changing Faith podcast. I mean, seriously, another podcast? But this is, this is why I launched it. I said I grew up in a rather narrow form of Christianity, and now I'm in a different place altogether. And it's not that I, I won't go back to where I came from, but I feel like I'm I can't go back to where I came from. And as I've been processing this over the years, a friend of mine said to me not long ago, you know, you need to learn how you got to where you are so that you can share with people about your journey. Because if you don't, then it's just all for you and all your hard work may actually kind of be selfish. And I thought, you know, he's right. He's right. And oftentimes, if you're like me, I hear someone speak or read a new book or share a thought. And like you, I think, man, this is so compelling. And I want to know more of what it is they're talking about. And as I listen to them, I start thinking, wait, how did they get there? What questions did they ask that led them to think that way? What resources did they come across that influenced them? What conversations did they have that moved them forward you see, I have all sorts of questions about their journey, and so I started this podcast to be a place where we can listen to and learn from one another, where we can gather resources from one another, 
where we can hear from influencers and learn a thing or two about the journey itself. Because even though we all come from different places and we all have different backgrounds and we all share different stories, there are common themes that are true to all sojourners. And this will be then a place for us to find the next step that we need to take in the spiritual journeys that we find ourselves on. Because so often what we're hearing when we read a book or when we hear someone speak is we hear from people that are telling us about their next step. And there's a place for that. But the Changing Faith podcast is about your next step. About discovering the steps that people have taken in their journeys to get them where they are. Allowing you as you listen to think, where do I find myself and what is my next step? The Changing Faith podcast is about your next step. So what does that look like, you ask? What can I expect? Great questions, thank you for asking. Uh, one thing I like to do is I love to share resources. I love footnotes to books, which by the way, if you're reading a book and you absolutely love what the author is writing, check the footnotes. Always check the footnotes. That's one simple way to find out how people got to where they are. You figure out who they're reading and who's influencing their thinking. That's coming out now by them on their pages. It's a great way to do that. So one of the things we'll do is we'll share resources. Uh, we'll have interviews with all kinds of people to learn about what they are learning, what they have learned, important questions they asked along the way. We will hear from caregivers to authors, to parents, to pastors, to teachers. Um, I have several people lined up already. I've already done a few interviews in preparation to launch this podcast, and I am so excited for you to hear from them because these are people who right here and right now are teaching me so much about life and spirituality. From time to time, you will actually, you, you will create the content and the conversation. We'll take questions and comments and suggestions, and we will respond to them on an episode. So maybe you have a burning question, and, and we will contemplate those questions together so that we maybe will find more helpful questions. Maybe you have a comment or a thought, and we will kind of bat those around. Uh, maybe you have a resource that you absolutely have to share, and we will dig through those. And know that I'm not coming into those episodes as the expert with all of the answers. Um, because if I don't know something about a question that you may ask, then we're going to invite somebody on to one of our episodes who will be able to guide us toward more helpful questions, who will be able to help us move forward. And then there's going to be episodes where I'll share about what I'm learning and the questions I am asking and the questions I have asked that have led me to where I am now. Okay, fine, then you say. What topics will you cover? Well, it's going to kind of be like a pretty broad stream. I'll say it that way. So for anything from politics to religion, which I realize politics and religion do not make for polite dinner conversation. So let me just say now, you may not always want to listen to this podcast at dinner. But we want to think about things like what science is teaching us about our world right now. And can that be congruent with the Christian faith? We'll talk about relationships. We'll talk about our bodies and how our bodies function and exist in the world and what that can teach us about ourselves and about spirituality. We'll talk about everything from nonviolence to cancer 
to LGBTQ equality to EMDR therapy. We'll talk about our hardwiring, and this is just the beginning. So you might think, wait, this podcast then is about everything. Because some things and being about everything can actually be about nothing. But what we're going to really talk about, I mean, all of it, is come from conversations that I've had over the years with people all over the place. Not just one or two people. I'm talking dozens and dozens of people around the world. Because no matter where I find myself, I find people who want to discuss all kinds of things. And what ties these things together are subjects that touch our daily lives and people saying, how do we think about these things? How do we view these things? How do we approach these things in a deeply humble and spiritual way? And so why the list that I just shared with you might seem long and varied, well, think about your life just over the last week. Like maybe you ran into someone that you haven't seen in years and that was unexpected. Maybe you had a moving conversation with somebody. Maybe you experienced the end of a relationship. Maybe you experienced the start of a new relationship. Maybe you got fired from your job or you just got the job of your dreams. Maybe you had one of those days that started off terrible and ended worse and you laid in your bed and you thought things have got to get better. You see, if we just go through our week, one week in our life, what we're going to realize is that the list of things that we encounter and the conversations we've had and the things that we've thought about, well, that list would actually be very long because our lives are very complex. They're beautiful and messy. They're confusing and inspiring. They're confounding and always throwing things at us in unexpected ways that lead us to unexpected and new places, good places and challenging places. And my hope is that this podcast would be something that would assist you in the ongoing journey of everyday life to be able to look at something in a way, in a new way, in a fresh way that would be helpful for you as you move forward. So with that said, a couple of details as we wrap up the first episode of the Changing Faith podcast. A new episode of Changing Faith will drop every other week or twice per month somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, This is something new for me, and if you know me, You're well aware that what I want to tell you is there will be a new episode every single day that will be two hours long filled with the best premium content. And if I did try to do that, um, well, it would suck. Let's just say that. And I would probably be done in 11 days. I'd be tired and I'd be frustrated. So, And so we will begin uh, new episodes every other week. We will also have seasons because from time to time every year I take a break. Uh, the hardest work that I do is staying emotionally and spiritually healthy. And I've learned for myself that creating and delivering content involves a lot for me. So there will be times when I will kind of disappear for a while. I'll go for a rest. Every year here at Denver Community Church, I go off the grid. I go off social media. Um, I don't have regular appointments. I, I just take a time to almost decompress and to renew. And and so in that time, there'll be no podcast. That'll be the end of a a season. But then we'll come back and we'll have a new season and new content. If you want to reach me, if you have questions, comments, thoughts, resources, this is how we're going to be able to share these resources. If you want to reach me, you can do so by email. 
My email address is michael at michael-hidalgo.com, michael at michael-hidalgo.com. My website is michael-hidalgo.com. You can find the... You can find my blog there. I started blogging in 2006. I finished in 2016. I left all the content there. You can learn a little bit more about me. There's some resources there, a couple of books that I've written that you can find there as well. And wow, hey, that's it. That's it. That one, that one fast. And man, it's so good to be with you. And thank you, truly thank you, for being with me today. Just know this is the start. Uh, The next episode that will drop in a couple of weeks is gonna take off with a powerful interview that I promise you, you will not want to miss. So until then, much love and may peace be with you.